0: So basically, the reason we are here is that uh, sometime in the month of November, December, uh, we as human virus, which uh, comes from the family of other coronaviruses, SARS, MERS, uh, the disease that uh, this virus spreads is called COVID-19. And up until a few minutes ago, the total tally of cases around the world uh, is approximately 625,000 and 29,000 deaths. The organization has also announced this being a global pandemic, and these are all scary things, right? Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's uh, one way of looking at it, and I was reading this blog post uh, titled uh, Common Enemies, uh, which starts with a quote uh, by Frank D. Roosevelt, uh, uh, and, and he had mentioned, uh, he, he had put this forth before World War II, uh, he said, uh, "We are all of us children of Earth. Grant us the simple. Our brothers are oppressed. We are oppressed. If they hunger, we hunger. And if their freedoms is uh, if their freedom is taken away, our freedom is not secure. So yeah, drawing uh, a conclusion from that, uh, basically nothing unites people more strongly than a common enemy. And if we actually spend the next uh, I don't know 14." 21, 35, depending on where you guys are, uh, uh, like in in lockdown, this will be the biggest case of human coordination in the history of mankind. Uh, so we have uh, run people uh, on various backgrounds. Different a TV journalist, we've got a TV host, we've got three TEDx uh, speakers, we've got two people from the healthcare industry, uh, we've got uh, award-winning travel bloggers, we've got an, uh, like a climate activist, we've got a top freelance and fitness coach, uh, and and we've got bunch of entrepreneurs with uh, great great experience. Uh, and what unites us all is the idea of oneness, uh, the path of uh, global solidarity, as we can say. And those who believe who can like overcome this regardless of uh, I mean scarce resources or anything yeah uh, we can think of bad that we can so starting off with the first uh, segment uh, which is uh, stories actually uh, uh, we'll be talking about I mean so there are. Uh, People on panel who have volunteered uh, to share some of this uh, they have uh, encountered. uh, Because I mean, directly, indirectly, with respect to COVID-19. So uh, yeah, we can start with that. Uh, Jennifer, uh, I mean, do you want to start uh, first?
1: Uh, On mute myself. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Jen. I'm a friend of Prateek. I'm a travel dietitian, and um, I was just abroad taking a break from some of my contract work doing some travel for my food and travel blog that I have. I just kind of do this on the side, and uh, we found ourselves in Nepal during kind of the heat of all of this. So Prateek invited me to talk a little bit about our experience in getting back to the US. Um, So we. Uh, We were actually hiking the Annapurna Circuit, and we had very little phone access and Wi-Fi access. Um, Actually, we had, like, no Wi-Fi, no phone access for about three days, and we had to communicate with other truckers about kind of what was going on back home, um, what was going on in Nepal, and kind of coordinating, you know, from a government standpoint, what did we need to do, and from a personal standpoint, what we felt was safe for us. We'd heard some warnings that, you know, we needed to go back, but there's also, you know, you always meet people who are um, a little bit more um, fearful and that other people are a little bit more relaxed. So it's always hard to figure out kind of where you stand. Yeah. And um, on about the fourth day, we met a group of German people who had told us that the Nepali government was saying that they were going to close down their borders and that we should leave. So we... Uh, we decided to hire a jeep and come back and we actually booked flights for about five days out and then we were we got an advisory from the american government that we should leave even sooner so we booked another flight out for the next morning we headed to Kathmandu, and we flew out and thankfully all of our flights went ahead Um, but apparently the next day was the day when they stopped doing any international flights and once we got to istanbul about 90% of flights were canceled. So it was pretty much a miracle that all of our flights went through and that we made it back to the US. Um, But just it was really just in the nick of time that we did that. I have some friends now who are still stuck in Nepal and they are also on lockdown. And I'm just very happy that we were able to make it back to the US where this is home base for us. Mm Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Jen. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, I know uh, because uh, we were in the middle of, uh, I mean, we were in India uh, when we were like listening to the stories uh, coming out of China. And uh, yeah, I'm super happy that you're back home. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. Uh, you wanna- Pratik, your
2: voice is breaking.
3: Yes, your voice is breaking a little.
0: Okay, Uh, is it it good now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So yeah, uh, Pratima, do you wanna?
3: yeah okay can 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 you hear me i i think you've gone on mute
4: no it's fine yes
0: Uh,
3: no i can hear you yeah we can hear you yeah 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 great all right um hi i'm prothama tiwari i'm a freelance content writer and a blogger fitness blogger i've been doing this for the last seven years so my work has been remote and um is not much has been affected in terms of my routine because I've been working from home and working out at home. But um, it's been a little too sudden for the businesses, I feel, because I mean, I have clients all over the world, and uh, apart from the healthcare industry and fitness industry, all the other work has stopped. And um, I mean, because I, I'm a little particular about my investments and everything, so those things are fine. Uh, but I know there are people who are just starting off. There are people who just quit their jobs. People who have, um, you know, who work in the U.S., who have come to uh, visit, visit their families in India and now they can't go back. Um, I know so many people have lost their jobs. So, in fact, this it, it was a fun poll that I did on um, Instagram saying that, okay, are you still working from home? Or, you know, there's no work. You know, things like that. And the number of conversations that started around it and they were all... Sad because everyone's panicking, and honestly, it's I think everyone's just dealing with financial instability at this point, which is just adding to the general anxiety. And, um, I mean, obviously, losing a job or losing a project, even if you have 10 projects, even if one of them goes, it's still really scary. And I think that's where 80% of us are at. And even, I mean, personally, I am changing my billing cycles. You know, things that were moving in on a 30-day cycle are probably being shifted to 45 days if this is only a 21-day lockdown. We will have to... I mean, those kind of things have kind of put, put us in this situation where, I mean, this is not something... I'm figuring this out on the job because I don't think anything could have prepared me for this. And it's money and it's not just me. I'm working with other people. I have to pay them. Um, I get paid by clients who now suddenly don't have... A functional business. When are they going to get back? No one knows. Um, right now, I'm just kind of feeling happy about the fact that okay, you know, one day this will all be fine. I know maybe in May, in June, this will all come back. Um, there are people who have lost their jobs. I mean, companies have shut down. So, and I'm doing, I'm doing whatever I can to, uh, in fact, help them. So, I know Pratik, you shared something. Uh, still hiring. I think you shared that, and I sent that to a lot of people because I feel. I mean, this is we have to be there for each other at this point because, um, yes, we are home and you know, we need to deal with all the loneliness, anxiety, all of that. And in, in all that, you know, you're paying your rent, bills, everything. And then you still, I mean, you don't have a job then. And it's, it's just adding to the anxiety. It's not, I don't have happy news here. <laughs> so I guess Pratik is missing it.
0: Yeah. Pratik, are you there? Pratik. Hey, guys. Yes, I'm here. Uh, I'm having some issues with my internet. So, uh, yeah, I think I lost the last. Uh,
3: uh, Your voice is. I
0: mean, uh, I, I did grasp uh, you were saying something about stillhiring.org oh okay this is yes yes
3: yes okay. yes so basically i mean yeah that's that's kind of where i ended we just have to be together as a community because i feel right now people are just really tense with the whole job situation and you're, they're still paying their rent and bills and all of that and you know you mm-hmm. still I mean, at the end of it if you end up losing a job it's um yeah So, Prateek is struggling with the internet, I guess. I'll just.
4: So, you know, Yogesh, I guess the format was to actually put forth the stories. So, Shubham yeah, shared his yeah. story, right? Yeah. And uh, Protima also shared now. So, I guess yeah. So, yeah. because on the other yeah. side, we have participants. Uh, the yeah, antenna. yeah, yeah. So, I think we can we can continue then. We, we have Shubham, so I Check the agenda right away, and Shubham has a story to share. Sure. Thank you. Hi guys.
2: Hello.
5: Hi, I'm Shubham, and I'm a mobile journalist from Delhi. So right now we're an organisation called Plug TV, where we basically train people on how to tell stories from their mobile phone. I just want to share one story that recently we did. Uh, because of the 21-day lockdown, which was announced suddenly uh, with the Modi government, which is very necessary. But at the same time, many communities are not able to get uh, basic necessities. And at the time of crisis, journalists are also struggling to go on field and reporting that crisis. So what uh, uh, we are trying to do is getting trying to get stories from communities itself. So yesterday we did a story about a waste picker's colony is not getting water. Simple things like water, if they are not getting. Refugee people are not getting food and water because they are not. Uh, they don't have Aadhaar card, they don't have ration card, so they can't get food from anywhere else. So people telling their own stories and we are getting responses that uh, the communities who are living around there, said like neighbors, they are helping uh, them to get water, the basic necessities. So I think this time stories and people telling their stories are very really working. I think this is a time where communities are actually helping each other. And I think, this, I think the best thing which is coming right now is People respecting each other and treating each other so well that uh, without any coordination, as Patik uh, in the starting said, okay, in the world the, the level of coordination the world is doing right now it's fabulous. So I just wanted to share this community that stories are creating such impact behind and people telling their own stories. So I think this device, this small device, is changing a lot. Yeah. Yes. Thank you.
4: So just to add uh, something to Shubham's.
3: Awesome.
6: Uh,
4: Conversation. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, past forty-eight hours, uh, one of my friend, he's a developer, and he reached out to me saying that uh, in the pandemic situation, we should actually surely think about some community efforts, or we should surely think about creating something, right? So, on on my back, there's a whiteboard which is full of the ideas that we came up with. We have taken a challenge for 26 hours and we are creating a portal that is going to start with the tribute section, then every data, what's happening around the world, but our main focus is India. So a couple of things that we are doing is uh, the, the organizations and NGOs who are strongly working in the situations, we are giving a complete section for them. We are also putting a button where we can actually locate the nearby testing centers. Uh, similarly, one section is for news where we have... Uh, decided that we'll only keep 10, 20 strong sources, uh, medical organizations, healthcare organizations, which are actually putting sensible reports, because WhatsApp forwards has been becoming a bigger and bigger challenge. So I'm currently working on two uh, things. So, okay, so I I haven't introduced me yet. So I'm building something called the blockchain school to actually tackle uh, the the issues about supply chain, uh, supply uh, chain demand and stuff, right? Supply demand uh, issues. So... While doing education, while doing technologies, I suddenly came up with something that right now, the challenge that is getting bigger and bigger. So my point was to actually th- discuss more about the antifagile business models that I'll be co- like coming up with uh, in, in my section for two, three minutes. But current uh, need is community efforts. A lot more volunteers need to come closer. Startup India put, uh, have just posted about uh, like hunting for volunteers. So uh, like organizations like uh, with which uh, Shubham is working, I've been looking at their stories for a long time now. And, and these people are actually reaching out to uh, the corners of India, you know? So, uh, where, so the last mile kind of thing where actually everybody can't reach out. So they're walking on the streets, collecting stories. Here, the, the bigger issue is the people who are actually collecting stories or, or actually creating the content also has a bigger challenge in terms of, uh, or fear in terms of uh, the virus or, or the, uh, the issue, but still they are putting a lot of effort. So I think that there should be something where we can actually appreciate them in some other ways. It's not always about monetary things, but that's where the first thought came up to us is like the first page should go completely to be the tribute section for everybody who's working in such situations. So that was from my side. Who is actually coming up with the next uh, story? I guess Pratik is not here. Okay. So... Hey, hey. Okay. Hey, so, hey, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm okay, back, okay. I sure. Yeah, I, I
0: think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is working. Uh, I have like two internet connections and both are like really uh, not in my favor. Oh, but yeah, okay, I guess sure. I'm back. You're I'm having your own uh, okay, so I, I just, uh, I did hear Shubham talk and that's super inspiring what Shubham is doing. I've been following yeah. Shubham for uh, like uh, almost a year now. We met in New York uh, and since then, yeah, he's been relentless. He, I, Shubham, uh, like uh, this, uh, y- I think you've, you've been covering everything, right? Like uh, from AQI to, uh, I don't know, yeah. like uh, climate change to everything basically. So, yeah. uh, so awesome, we, great stuff, uh, Shubham, yeah, sorry. Yeah,
5: yeah so, so we run India's largest uh, climate change sustainability channel called Let Me Bleed. And today we released a documentary on uh, what happens during the November pollution. So today at CNA we released a
7: documentary today. Wow. Awesome. That's like an yeah. amazing initiative
0: uh, by Shubham. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Pratima, you have uh, something to share?
3: Oh, no, no, I, I mean, I was just saying, wow.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a couple of more stories uh, in this segment. Uh, Nikita?
8: Uh, do you want to go next? Sure. So I hope everyone's safe. Everyone's families and relatives and friends are safe. It's, uh, I congratulate Pratik on this initiative. It's wonderful to connect. So uh, you know, connect with everybody right now. So for me personally, the quarantine period started really early. Like this is my. Can you hear me? Yes. Can yes, everyone yes, hear yep, me? Yep. Yep, yeah.
0: yep. Yes. Yes. So yep.
8: this is this is actually my third week home. Because I caught an allergic cold and then I had to keep myself away from, you know, moving around and going to work. So initially it was very difficult to really stay put at home and I went through those blues. And then now I've kind of settled down. What's happening on Workfront is so I work as a brand strategist with an e-commerce company and um, uh, it's, it's not good. On the business front, that's not good. So con- so currently my days are structured at quite a contrast actually. So uh, they begin on the work front where we are constantly trying to understand how how we can uh, you know really make the most of this time. And my advice has been to take customer feedback and reflect on what we've been doing and build a long-term strategy on the brand level then because we cannot focus on sales and we're trying to take this positively and focus on taking initiatives as a brand that uh, on the branding front uh, than the day-to-day operation. So, yeah. but there's a lot of anxiety overall in the in the in the uh, on the work yes. front, I would say. But at the same time, there are times when I find myself absolutely at peace and doing and working on my personal project. So actually, in this few two uh, you know few days and two three weeks that I've stayed home, I've, been, I've managed to collaborate with a partner and build a project that was probably you know due for a long time, and I'm we'll be launching it soon. I also find myself writing a lot, something that was that that had taken a backseat in the past decade. Although I w- always wanted to do it, you know, uh, working used to kind of take up my mind space, and there is this mixed emotion of being uh, grateful like like having ha- finding finding uh, the best of uh, looking at the bright side i would say and and at the same time struggling on the economic front as we go to go ahead in our work life so that's how it's been for me Yeah, so that's my story again, Prati. Is Prati there? Uh I'm sure it's like that for most of you as well. Like, there is a mixed emotion here. Yeah.
7: Yeah, in fact, I mean, So, uh, shall I go uh, go with your story about cybersecurity too? So, uh, I would just like to add out uh, a kind of work with uh, with Shubham sir and uh, Saurabh sir what they actually highlighted upon the coronavirus and how the only a single mobile phone is changing out the world now. So I have up a team to share out something. I have a word uh, which I would just like to highlight right now. So that is, uh, I am a 17-year-old boy from Delhi, Dipanshu Parashir. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 17, I am a Google-certified IT specialist and a TEDx speaker. And along with this, I am running up my own venture, that is the Cyber Agents. What we guys are just doing is, Uh, there are a lot of uh, cyber frauds which are like tremendously increasing in India right so I have made up an investigation team by highlighting out or by uh, selecting out very uh, selective people from all across the nation and now we are helping out these cyber victims for free all across the nation so I would just like to highlight one thing which can be Uh, so much beneficial for all the panelists and all the listeners who are just watching out live on YouTube too. So the thing is that in these coronavirus days, there are a lot of scams which are arising on Facebook, on Instagram and they are just like claiming out to provide you kind of a kit or to provide out your valuable information. But in return, they are asking you for the personal information. So that's how right now with Indian government, I am working upon a project and it's going to be much beneficial for Indian society as well as for the international society do and what we are doing is we are setting up honeypots something on social media where we will be able to track the hackers and the attackers or the scammers who are actually making these kind of scams or threatening you out so that's a kind of an initiative we guys are taking out so yeah that's all from my side next
0: yeah thanks thanks awesome. Pancho. I, I think i i, I lost How? on uh, nikita's story
9: yeah sorry How? How are we connecting yes, this uh, with the quarantine thing, Dipanshu? Deep,
7: uh, yes, sir. How, yeah, how, uh, Can you repeat
9: how that? Is, how is the product, um, like how are you relating it to the quarantine lockdown or are you going to involve many people since they are at home or how? Do you have a plan regarding that?
7: Yes, sir, I have up a plan uh, with what we are actually working on. So I was just coming across like I'm just belonging out to a domain of cybersecurity. So getting up a lot of reports and the scams, like just because of coronavirus, right now even I'm not having out a access, uh, I'm just going live with mobile phone. So, so sorry with that, but yeah, the point is that there are a lot of scam reports, which I'm continuously uh, like uh, getting requests to. So why I'm just highlighting this fact is that we have created up a portal, that is report.thecyberagents.com where anyone can go to this particular portal and can report out the cyber fraud and we as an investigation team will be helping out the cyber victim for free. So this was a kind of a plan or schedule we, I, I just planned out for the log day duration and apart okay. from that just getting out a okay. few of the courses. Th-
9: thanks a lot Dipenju, that makes sense. Thanks a lot.
7: Okay. Sure,
0: awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, dipanchu I, I think I missed out of, uh, on Nikita's uh, story as well, but uh, I, I know what she's currently doing. So uh, great, great stuff, uh, uh, Nikita. Uh, uh, we've got a last story from uh, Jeanette, who's joining in from uh, LA. Uh, Jeanette, uh, do you want to go next?
10: Yes, hi everyone from Los Angeles, from lockdown in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, let's see, where do I start? Um, I've been on quarantine since I got back from Egypt. I was in Egypt earlier this month and um, I made it back just in time before things really started to get It just started to happen in the US before any of the travel bans, restrictions, any of that. Um, And I have um, just by choice been home alone and um, professionally as um, I work in travel, I'm a journalist, I've been covering travel for 10 years and um, I've been working on a travel show. Uh, I wrote a travel show last year and I've been pitching it and that's at a halt. Um, as the travel industry is kind of at a halt right now, understandably so. Um, So professionally, like others, a lot of things have been canceled or postponed. Um, So I am finding other ways that I can be of service using my skills and um, how I can, you know, keep people value and optimistic because one day travel will be back. And I feel like once this, you know, there's a solution to this I feel like we're all going to be inside for so long we're going to want to travel um, safely and happily so I definitely want to keep that optimism and hope there Uh, personally I have been struggling not like being alone I'm happy being alone but um, I've never experienced this like many of you a global pandemic and i keep track of the news, but I try to balance that out because I'm also an empath, so I really am hypersensitive, and I can pick up a lot of the collective fear and panic, and if I don't be careful, it will affect my own emotion and my own um, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. so I try to balance with being informed, but, you know, being being healthy because i feel like it's really important for us to find that balance and especially since we're all going through the same thing um this is a great way to be of support and connect to each other because we're all going through this um around the world so yeah i guess that's my story <laughs> I
0: think, um, sure. no no thanks a lot Dad. yeah so um, you had to add uh, you wanted to add something uh but Oh, you're
11: okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of, you know, chip in uh, with one last story. If there's still space to... <laughs> so, um, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I, I live in the UK. The area where I live, um, for about 250,000 people, there are about 150 people already. So we are amongst the top five hotspots in the UK for coronavirus cases. Today, I've completed three weeks of working from home practically only stepping out uh, one or two times in the last three weeks. Obviously, um, I think from personal front, this is not the easiest of periods, but a um, couple of years ago our organization started move to becoming fully digital. Uh, from a work itself perspective, I've seen no difference whatsoever. So you know uh, the principle mm-hmm. of working from, from home is so well embedded that we've pretty much been able to carry on as normal. Now, you'd appreciate that during these times, the last thing that needs to go down is your mobile network, because that would mean that the last few people who are able to work will no longer be able to work as well. And fundamentally, I think, you know, this is where governments need to realize that, you know, you can't let a sector like communications, which is now becoming, um, I'd say, you know, something like a fundamental need for everybody. You've got to ensure that, you know, the competition is there and the industry is thriving. So that at moments like this, all of us can have crystal clear connectivity um, and we can go around our daily business and daily life uh, just as it needs to be. I tell you a story you know, when you are presented with adversity of this nature in Italy, uh, you'd know that, you know, much before UK went into a lockdown, had a great impact. Our colleagues have been working from home this, uh, this week, our CEO showed us all a video Uh, that was shot by our colleagues in Italy. And, you know, I've heard about how marketing teams have been impacted, brand teams have been impacted. So the video was actually shot by people working out, doing things um, inside their homes. The advertisement was conceptualized by people working at home. It was uh, shot by people working at home and it was edited by people working at home. It was released by people uh, who were working at home. Um, And our CEO sent that to everyone saying, you know, uh, when we have a situation like this and if we think outside the box, technology yeah. can present great solutions like this. And, uh, it's just, it's just one of those things really. Yeah.
0: yeah.
11: True.
0: No, yeah, it's, it's truly touching uh, Yeah. Okay. So, no, thanks thanks a lot, uh, Yogesh, uh, for sharing uh, your story and, and, yeah, I mean, the stuff uh, that you guys have been doing. Uh, so that's really great. I've been following it on, uh, like, different channels. Uh, and I'll share that video uh, in the show notes uh, yeah. uh, once uh, we have this on YouTube. So thanks. Thanks a lot, Yogesh. Just uh, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Uh, uh, in like, Let's uh, get a uh, like deep dive into the topics for today. Uh, and the first one is uh, helping hospitals. And I think it's uh, yeah one of the most sensitive topics. Uh, at the same time, uh, the healthcare industry, as we speak, whatever I've seen, like on the internet, uh, through different like videos and uh, whatever, uh, as we speak is going through a lot of uh, overwhelm. Uh, I mean, and and uh, I'll, I, I don't know, I mean, my internet is really bad, but there's a video uh, of like, Twenty seconds. I, I wanted to show you guys uh, of a doctor uh, who's uh, uh, yeah who's in uh, Michigan, okay. Okay. and uh, she yeah. L- let me just show that video so that that'll be uh, that'll be probably sure. you, could, you guys better idea. Okay, cool. Uh, hopefully this works. I'm in my hospital. And, um... me... okay, me... Oh yes, I saw this
3: oh, one. Yes, I saw this one yesterday.
0: Oh, you did. Okay. Awesome. So I'll just play this. And uh, yeah, I mean, what what she's saying is, uh, okay, I I don't know, I'll I'll put this in the show notes uh, later. But what basically, yeah, basically, what she's saying is, uh, she just put a couple of people like old people on went and uh, the situation there and this is Michigan, by the way, the situation there is Almost like a war zone kind of a situation, uh, and yeah, and thinking about it uh, globally and, and uh, the implications. Uh, no matter what, like what, like the best healthcare system that your country has, uh, it is uh, gonna get. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not gonna survive or it's not gonna make it uh, at this point. There's a lot of uh, good things uh, happening as well at the same time. Uh, it's not just uh, like uh, like uh, grave situations. Uh, and, and thankfully, we've got a doctor uh, on, on, on this livestream uh, who's a clinical fellow at uh, DICE, uh, Digital Innovation and Consumer Experience, uh, and works at uh, I mean, uh, Thomas Jefferson University in hospitals in Philadelphia. Uh, Tiffany, uh, thanks for tuning in, uh, and this is like super last minute. And uh, thanks, Sarika, for making this happen. Uh, Tiffany, do do you want to kick start with this? Sure. Yeah,
12: of course. Hey guys, I hope everybody's staying safe during this time. I know it's really trying on the healthcare systems, and even on just our mental health. Um, being indoors all the time is not fun. Um, I work mm-hmm. as a, so I, I I'm a doctor, um, but I currently work as the clinical lead for the artificial intelligence lab here at. Jefferson at DICE and um, it's been 24 seven round the clock for us. Um, I know a lot of you guys have already shared a lot of stories. So rather than, you know, um, giving you guys like ex- talking to you about what's happening. Um, I kind of want to talk about what we're doing to make it a little better. So um, let me hit upon um, first some of the challenges that the front line are facing um, right off the bat. And I'm not saying anything particularly new is shortage of equipment. Um, doctors um, and this is um, even coming from information from my friends in India as well we're working in hospitals all across India Um, they don't have basic surgical masks not the N95s they don't even have surgical masks so they are working in the ORs with masks that they've had on all day which is a terrible risk to patients and to themselves um, as well as people who are working on COVID wards are working with masks that they've had on all day, making it again a risk to themselves and to other patients. Um, but on the flip side, there are some really cool things that are happening. A lot of companies across the globe, which are traditionally did other things like created perfumes or you know were making textiles, they are now flipping over their businesses to kind of start creating tools. Doctors. So, for example, um, if I'm not mistaken, Dolce and Cabana are one of the big um, perfume brands. The match. Yeah, they they're, they're started producing um, hand sanitizers. So, wow. um, it's really wonderful to see how businesses are optimizing what they're doing for the current environment. Um, we're here at Jefferson. We've, uh, we've kind of deployed some amazing tech tools to really help us with this process. Um, I think right now, our biggest uh, Gold medal tool right now is our telehealth systems. Um, so telehealth for those of you who don't know what it is, is basically video um, video chats with the doctor uh so say you're at home you have a fever you have a cough uh it could just be the flu it could be covid um going into the hospital just increases your risk of contracting it as opposed to actually being a solution so what telehealth is doing is helping to kind of uh kind of act as a buffer zone between those two points so when you call when you call into a doctor i can talk to you because it's not going to be any different if i if i hear that you have fever and i hear that you have a cough i can triage you and tell you hey you know what don't come into the hospital. Give it a couple more days. You'll feel a little better. If you don't feel better and if this or this or this happens, then you can come in. Yeah. Uh, so telehealth has been something that has been magnificent. Uh, and uh, another thing that uh, where artificial intelligence is concerned, yeah. um, I know uh, we may have some data scientists on board over here um, for all of you guys who want to participate. Kaggle in association with the White House and with the Allen Institute of AI are holding an open data set um, AI challenge, um, which is something that we are working on right now. Uh, another way that uh, AI has actually helped is a company like called Blue Dot and even Health Map, which is based in Boston, actually identified this pandemic as it was growing in Wuhan. So Blue Dot alerted all the government associations saying, hey, interesting a spike mm-hmm. in pneumonia cases in Wuhan, China. And um proving that the technology actually does have great value and great benefit. Um, irrespective of that, and I'm just trying to like run through this real quick, so sorry if I'm talking too fast, but... Um, we are also leveraging it for diagnostics. Uh, Surgisphere has come up with a great diagnostic tool and a great triage tool for us to be able to identify high-risk patients, patients who are preemptively uh, high-risk for COVID, so we know to isolate them as soon as they come into the hospital, uh, as well as triage them to know, OK, well, this patient is well enough to just remain an observation, versus this patient is super sick and really needs to be sent to critical care ASAP. It's actually not that difficult for us, even on the ground with our base clinical skills, to be able to tell the difference between that. It's those patients who sit in the gray zone where we're not sure, are they sick enough to be sent to critical care? Or are they well enough to be kept in observation? That's where the tool is coming into great use. Um, The tool itself has got 95% accuracy, which is magnificent where AI is concerned. Granted, we we have noticed a couple of biases in it, but um, it's better to start somewhere. Uh, With respect to mortality risk prediction, a prediction as well, which is prediction of the patient's chance of dying. Um, we've been leveraging those tools to also determine how sick someone is. Um, and which is a really fun thing. There's a VR company that's actually been deployed in the UK uh, to help Train doctors and nurses uh, on COVID response. So rather than you know taking a physician out of their practice and you know having spend their time training, we just put VR headsets on them and can rush train doctors and especially senior doctors who've been out of practice for a while or junior medical students who are being now leveraged in Italy and in other countries to come in and start working. Um, it's really good to speed train them. Uh, what? Uh, For chatbots, so a lot of chatbots have been deployed in various different hospitals that are capable of making telehealth appointments super quickly and actually triaging patients in a chatbot questionnaire. Again, freeing up physicians to be on the ground to help with actual uh, procedures that are required. Uh, There are some amazing companies, 3D printing ventilators, which are... Which is just mind blowing to me and I think that that is fantastic that they're leveraging this technology to, you know, kind of increase um, things uh, to increase our resources. Uh, And just to like, you know, I know, I know, like through a lot out there. um, We're also and this is for a lot of you guys and I saw in the chat that people were concerned about WhatsApp fake news passing around. Um, WhatsApp is encrypted end to end, so it's really hard to actually get in there and stop. But on Facebook, on Instagram, and even on TikTok, um, AI is being leveraged really heavily to flag uh, misinformation that's being spread around. So that's been really fantastic to see. Uh, And just to kind of tie this up in the end, Uh, If you are a data scientist and you've always wanted to work in healthcare, which historically has got a lot of barriers to entry, um, or you're anyone who's working in technology and wants to develop tools for healthcare, healthcare has always been very resistant because of the legal implications of the technology, but now is the time to really, really try and make the change because everything and anything that you are doing will be expedited and will have a chance to be tested. So if you want to make a change in healthcare, now is the time to get on the ground and actually start helping everybody out. Um, that's it for me.
0: Awesome. No, thanks. Thanks a lot uh, for that, Tiffany. I mean, great tips. Uh, and at the same time, uh, yeah, things things are moving fast. I, I also was following the news: uh, the U.S. Department uh, of State uh, enabling visas for uh, medical students or I mean, medical professionals from around the world who can just get the visa and get into the states and help uh, whatever. Patients and and yeah, uh, just be a part
12: of the ecosystem. Yeah. Yep. Address that. Um, our um, on the on the 20th of March, which is last Friday, was Match Day uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that uh, residencies were announced all across the globe. Like those people who have gotten into their residency programs, um, and the immediate and you're right, Pratik, The immediate fear was, well, how are we going to get to the U.S.? Like, how are we going to be able to do anything um, if right. we're stuck in all stuck stuck in our countries but you are right they're expediting the visas like crazy and um it's kind of sad because when you think about getting into residency after slogging your butt off for a whole bunch of years you don't expect that your first job would be dealing with a global pandemic but yeah yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy but at the same time it's also a way to really really get your wheels rolling and you know we took an oath to help people and um so that's what we're all trying to do our best so um, I think hats off to all the healthcare workers and clinicians who are putting themselves at risk to help us. And I think the best thing that we can do is stay at home so we can help them.
0: No, absolutely, and, and thank you for your service, uh, Tiffany. I mean, you're doing some great stuff uh, on your own, so that's that's great.
12: Thanks.
0: Uh,
6: Hi guys, yep. I've been up I just quickly want to add, add to what Tiffany just said. Uh, the news mm-hmm. is kind of more uh, from India. Uh, the ventilators uh, today, a tweet went out from Anand Mahindra saying he uh, they would be producing uh, ventilators for 7,500 bucks, which is uh, roughly 100 USD, which normally in India costs around 1400 uh, USD, which is around 10 lakhs. So essentially, right. they are leveraging their existing uh, manufacturing capabilities to kind of expedite all of this at a super low cost. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, the another, another thing was uh, hospitals in Kolkata. Like, uh, as you rightly mentioned, 3D printing is being leveraged to kind of uh, make healthcare improvements really fast uh, and made available to hospitals right, right there. Uh, another thing from Italy, a very unique thing that I saw, and then uh, you use a mask from the to make a ventilator that's yeah, so that's yeah, it works just as fine. It's a mask, uh, with a pipe that goes inside the machine, so it gets the right. job done. Uh, awesome. So, kind of the point here is, uh, we know medical equipment essentially is uh, quite expensive uh, in nature, uh, but I think in the long run, all of these things will kind of help us in lowering down the cost significantly. Because imagine if you can make a 20 seven thousand five hundred bucks, almost every hospital can have one. In India and you know, especially in developing countries, this significantly kind of uh, drives down the cost of uh, medical equipment. Imagining uh, a 3D printer being available across uh, you know these smaller uh, villages and stuff, that could really be a game yep. changer. Especially uh, imagine this right now in India, there are a lot of villages which are not getting any kind of support. Imagine deploying a unit, you uh, know, you know, where you can uh, 3D print out stuff. That's amazing. So maybe you can the yep, yep. uh, good good side of this is we will end up with technologies that kind of help us uh, more uh, because this is not the first time or this won't be the last time we will uh, face a pandemic of this nature i hope governments are yep. more uh, open about it uh, moving forward uh, unlike hiding it yep. unfortunately or whatever yes. yeah mm-hmm. so
0: yeah. yeah so one thing uh, i wanted to uh, chime in on that uh, so a couple of uh, days ago uh, I shared it on my Instagram, and this comes. Uh, this is coming from Tim Ferriss. Uh, he just did a very quiet, I mean, I don't know how, how many of you followed Tim Ferriss here, but uh, uh, the quietest podcast episode ever uh, he must have uh, uh, yeah, produced. So he, uh, basically the headline, uh, the, the title of the podcast was Helping Hospitals. Uh, and in that, he mentions this uh, amazing idea of, uh, uh, and, and with our granddaughters, uh, eventually one ventilator can be used by four people. Uh, and and at, at, like we said, we're talking about 4X, the capacity of ventilators can be increased in less than 10 minutes. So, I mean, yeah, even that is something, uh, I mean, I find it uh, fascinating. Uh, and I, I did share it with everyone, uh, those who are in... in uh, stuff. so yeah, I mean, great things are happening, uh, but yeah, I mean, just just the magnitude at this at which this uh, ideally needs to happen, uh, I, I I think uh, we, it's it's pretty challenging. So, yeah, Pratik, uh, just who, to add, uh, sarka yeah, 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 yeah so go ahead. Yeah, I just to I'm add to
9: too. the video, uh, uh, the podcast that you mentioned, which Tim Ferriss did, he has also shared a video where the doctor is showing how it is to be done. The only oh, gl- yeah, oh,
0: yeah.
9: so right. I'll share that with you, or probably you will have that link as well.
0: Yeah, I have but, uh, the link, yeah, yeah.
9: yeah but I'll the only the glitch, only glitch, or we have to, uh, when we kind of absorb such information, we have to also check whether it has been done before or uh, how far it has been tested. So, in terms of uh, lowering the cost of ventilators or making it 4x, the lady uh, in the video says that it is still not being done on the humans. Though theoretically sure. it is it is done or it can be done, uh, there are some repercussions about uh, testing it out right now. So I'm not sure if they are working it that way. But uh, nonetheless, it is a good way to uh, collect information and analyze it. Yeah,
3: New York yeah. State I yeah. think has uh, New York State has I think uh, Using two, um, one ventilator for two people. This is something that I watched in the news yesterday. Mm-hmm. Their um, health minister has said that okay, I mean this is something that's possible. So I don't know if they've started it yet or not. I'm not sure about that. Oh.
12: But
6: I- the governor of New York had asked for about forty thousand ventilators because New York is like one of the biggest hotspots. But President yep. Trump just said, why, "Why do you need this? And he tweeted about why does New York need uh, so many ventilators?" Huh. So then they went out and figured out, okay, what what's the other yeah. way because federal help was clearly not on
13: the
11: way. Yeah, I think um, mm. at at this point I feel you know all of these innovations or innovations to be in the pipeline are sort of great indicators. Now I feel that this is this is a pandemic we've seen in the uh, for the first time in our lives. But somehow I also feel that this may not be the only one we've seen, which means that you know the healthcare industry will know what's coming their way. The resource crunch uh, we see all across the world will probably uh, create a completely new industry sector. And I was almost thinking that you know, just like IKEA has made its empire in creating modular furniture, that you know, at a very low low cost, you can sort of uh, create and fit into small places. You probably will now have hospitals uh, which are sort of you know sold as hospital in a box, modular in nature, which can be produced at speed, mobilized at speed, and kind of you know spread across the world. It could be a public-private yep. partnership wherein, you know, government might actually invest in buying those boxes and then, you know, uh, uh, through public sort of investment uh, creates that innovation going. That sort of thing. We, as, a, as a, you know, I think hearing everybody around here, I just feel that, you know, uh, crisis of this nature, adversity of this nature, humanity will find new ways and newer means of tackling these, but it's, it's a matter of time. Yep,
0: yep. yeah. Uh, sure. Thanks uh, for bringing that point Yogesh. Uh, Sarkar, do you want to Yeah, take it from Yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted yeah. to
14: jump in and uh, add to what Yogesh just said that uh, I work as a design mm-hmm. researcher in with Tiffany at Thomas Jefferson University. And since uh, I got to know about this and we have been like considering what are the what what is going to change in design? And at this point, like in the past two weeks, we were asked to drop everything and focus our efforts on coming up with innovative ideas and solutions for tackling what we are facing. Because we work with a hospital and they have some urgent requirements, we literally have to think quickly. And what that uh, made me uh, think about is how design and creativity is responsible Responding to crisis and how people can come up with solutions at a whim. Like, uh, it's the hackathon going on all around the world, and it's pretty interesting to see how people are coming up with low cost solutions, fast solutions, executing everything. And it uh, exposes, while it exposes deficiencies in different industries, it is also exposing all of these efficiencies, have been like develop everywhere. And it's exciting to see, it's fascinating to see how different industries are um, are developing solutions based on user flows. Like uh, many people mentioned travel. Travel industries had to quickly think of ideas to tackle how they're going to refund money, how they're going to add user flows on the websites for people to change their tickets, get refunds. Uh, the same is in healthcare. Like Tiffany mentioned, we had to come up with a chatbot which can filter out each and every patient, so that the health, like the hospitals, don't have as much uh, pressure and burden of every person who's paranoid coming into the hospital. And what it, uh, like what I was thinking, is we are designing all these products for the user, and right now that user is a paranoid user. And how can you build something? for this user is going to go a long way in terms of thinking, for the future, as the industry is completely going to change, we will be coming up with different solutions on how to respond to such a huge pandemic. And um, it's it's like just, I'm looking forward to see what comes next after this.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks, uh, Sarika uh, for, for your thoughts. I mean, uh, you're, you're doing great stuff as well. Uh, uh, that's uh. so, yeah, uh, we, we are short on time. Uh, it's, uh, 10 30 already at like, uh, Pacific 7, 11 PM here in India. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we have like more topics, uh, to discuss. Uh, I won't, uh, stop you guys uh, from going, but those who want to like, still continue. Uh yeah, we can probably have uh this discussion like going on. I mean uh do, do you guys yeah what what do you guys feel about this?
11: I think it's just lockdown conversation one uh, you can always have more
6: uh, <laughs> I mean, oh yeah we, we can
11: definitely yeah, can do, we do
3: that like, yeah yeah as can long we as do the
6: communications work? are up yeah
3: we can do a lot of um I mean if maybe a couple of more things do. and
0: then yeah yeah,
3: yeah we you can do a continuation yeah. maybe I'd like right, just, to uh,
0: quickly a question uh, especially for people who are the, yeah, neha uh, you you had you had something uh, to talk about yeah i'm i'm leaving yeah i'm leaving
2: yeah, yeah. in right. less than 3 minutes so i would just like to bring uh, across a point as to uh, what Abhinav said and 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 yogesh and tiffany uh, uh, need to drive that point that um, Everything's going to change the way healthcare industry works, the way uh, technology works. Um, but we need to uh, we need to bring our society back back down to the basics where these problems began, and they began with policy making, and um, and this mm-hmm. all of this comes down to um, uh, a, a huge global issue that has not gone away anywhere and is still staring us in the face and that's climate change
14: uh-huh.
2: which in the first place brought us to this global pandemic that is how we got here in the first place and we now have to grapple with two things a- at a time um you know and 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 now we are realizing as a society how how um what kind of a paradigm shift we all have to go through to adjust and accommodate uh, climate change and its live effects all at once? Yeah.
12: Because,
2: because I guess um, policies that we made two decades ago, or four decades ago, or just a, a decade ago, and the kind of lifestyle we were, um, you know, accustomed to living. Uh, due to those policies, and I'm not including just the, you know, just a few people uh, or just a particular community, but all of us, all of us together. So um, there were certain policies made uh, a few decades ago that led us to this problem that we have to bear with it today. Um, So we have to address that first. So that we are capable and able and prepared to face the 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 next pandemics, as Yogesh uh, had had mentioned, and what Abhinav had mentioned that you know people in rural parts of the countries and hospitals and healthcare systems who cannot afford the kind of uh, expensive uh, uh, equipment or uh, systems that urban areas are. Uh, capable of using, and we need to bring down the costs of it. Now, all of this will uh, take place only when we do a lot of policy changes to make sure that this does not A, happen again, which means we do not have to interfere with uh, wildlife and domestic animals and human beings, all intermingling with each other so that, you know, something that is not supposed to be transmitted to a human being comes down to a human being, first and foremost. And um, this is just one example that we are currently forced to live through. We as a society would be very luxuriously and very, uh, you know, driven by a privilege. Uh, uh, you know, be uh, conveniently be uh, this could have been easily be put aside had it not reached to our own necks. Had it not reached to our own convenient cushy. Uh, lives of, you know, lockdown boredom, or, you know, uh, loud lockdown uh, sort of frustrations that we are so very privileged to go through. Uh, we would have forgotten this as much as we, we have conveniently forgotten that climate change will stare us again, if not for this. So um, yeah. that's, the, that's the one thing that I, I'd like to drive a point. Before we start talking about how uh, we have to, you know, redesign or relive our life all over again, we need to look at, um, we need to look at our lives as far as uh, how, how our uh, governments all across the world are going to design policies for the coming future mm-hmm. and also accommodate those who have absolutely no say in this because with or without COVID-19, their lives are you know it's it's those marginalized people in India today who are willing to walk walk and migrate across state lines all the way to the farthest corners of the country of a country like India because coronavirus actually does not affect their lives much because with or without that virus their lives are any which ways um uh you know in, in in darkness so um we need to kind of think about those things as well and uh, that's all i need to say and i need to leave you at that and hopefully we can yep. uh, we can later thank you guys yeah, this,
0: this, this, this is this is getting recorded uh, Neha. so uh, we'll be sharing that with you thanks thanks for your thoughts i mean thanks for being here on this uh I know uh, for a fact that Yogesh had brought out uh, a point. uh, I mean, in our like uh, off uh, off the record conversations about uh, earthonomics, do you want to do you want to bring that point up, uh, Yogesh, Uh, in sync with what um,
11: Nia just said? Absolutely, yes. I think it's it's almost the right time for humanity to sort of you know uh, think of economics as earthonomics, and you know everything that our economy is woven around, buying, selling, the transactions that we all go through day in and day out, you go to sort of look at uh, from the prism of the earth, how much are you actually drawing out of the earth and how much are you putting back? So I think, you know, when we talk about the growth and, and how the world is moving ahead, the economies are growing, essentially we only talk about 2% GDP growth and, and so on and so forth, bits like that. Now you all, almost go to, you know, sort of reset the balance from human as a consumer to human as a healer of the world and i think you know this is that sort of a time to say bring everybody on board have that conversation and think of the way we are living our lives you know um, just as a consumer or are we going to do more than that towards sort of you know climate balance are we going to use only what's necessary use it uh, to its fullest and then you know uh, uh, reuse what we can. So if you, if we could sort of you know look at everything that we do and every uh, every day we live, uh, sort of you know with those principles, we could be progressing towards resetting that balance. That sort no, of, that's sort of economics, but we'll obviously you know talk when we got more. Yep. Time for sure. Out of time yeah
0: So we we have uh, yeah. Thanks uh, for sharing those uh, thoughts, uh, Yogesh. Uh, we've got three people who haven't spoken. Uh, so. Rohit, Indrajit, uh, and I know for a fact that you guys are going to be speaking on. I mean, uh, I know that you guys know a lot of stuff on uh, uh, mindset and mental health. Uh, with your own. Story. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'd love
13: to. Uh, yeah, am I audible? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. All
8: right.
13: Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, just a disclaimer before we begin. Uh, I have been suffering from health anxiety for the past two to three years, uh, and I have been on medication for about a year. I mean, and then I stopped, and my anxiety flared up again in December two thousand and nineteen. So since then, I have I am on medication plus I've been seeking uh, therapy as well. So it has helped me immensely in terms of how to you know cope cope up with. Uh, the anxiety pangs that you get when you listen to these kinds of things so you know and the second disclaimer is uh, if you are if you are feeling overwhelmed or if you think that you know you cannot manage your anxiety uh, well or if it is you know hampering your sleep or you know daily function i, I would highly recommend you speak with a a mental health expert—they will definitely guide you through, you know, uh, through these times because you know uh, being well in the short run is very important considering how the situation is around us. So yeah, so with that out of the way, uh, I, you know, I'd like to explain the difference between what anxiety and what fear is. Uh, sure. Fear is quite tangible. For instance, if a snake is chasing you and you, your, you, you've done your Uh, fight and flight mode on so that 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 thing is legit that fear is legit but if you are sitting at home and imagining that a snake is staging you the same response will be triggered but it will be you know it will be anxiety it's not really it's in your head you're worrying about it okay i mean it's not it's not tangible it's not a tangible fear but the the yep. problem with covid 19 is that people are getting anxious but it's not an irrational anxiety the uh, you know the the probability of you catching the uh, you know getting the disease is I, I don't want to scare you but it is high it is quite high if you get in touch with you know if you get in contact with someone who has that uh, who has uh, you know contacted coronavirus so Oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, the anxiety is, the threat is very real and the fear is, you know, completely justified. But what we can do is, you know, just uh, first of all is take precautions that that that's the least we can do to minimize the risk. For instance, like when we are riding a bike, we wear helmet swimming because we cannot control the accident, but we can definitely control, uh, you know, uh, our response or the, or the risk. So that's what precautions are doing. Oh, okay. Is is that clear? Okay, so I'll I'll start with a few actionable steps from you know mental from the mental health perspective. Just about you know, uh, mindful about your thoughts. Now, it's it's not very easy when it comes you know to being mindful of what you're thinking. But you know, even if you you know manage to catch. you're anxiety about and manage to catch yourself thinking a negative thought about the you know uh, the coronavirus or anything like that, it's it's completely fine. You have made uh, you know you have made progress. The goal is to when you become mindful, um, it's easy to identify the thinking errors that you make. Okay, so thinking errors are. So I'll explain the. Biggest three cognitive distortions that we make when we are faced with, or I did when I faced faced with health anxiety. So the first is jumping to conclusions, okay. So jumping to conclusions basically means like, for instance, if I have like a, a pain in the left side of my chest, then I definitely conclude that I have a heart disease, okay. The second is catastrophizing. It's 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 kind of the same thing. Like you see a, something stimulus and you completely imagine the worst. Okay, uh, and the third is emotional reasoning. Just because, which means that just because it, I'm feeling something, it must be true, right? So, for instance, in terms of oh, coronavirus, if I'm coughing, like I feel I have, I have contacted coronavirus. That means I have coronavirus, which in in reality is not true. So. To avoid those, I mean, if you are able to spot those cognitive distortions, it's the you know it's, it's the it, you just have to flip the your thinking process on on the on it, on the head. So I mean, you know what to do because in the facts, you know, I mean, the chances of getting like even if if you get the like even like even if you high contact the coronavirus, the chances are pretty. I mean of, you know, you will survive it. I mean, it's it's not that sure. you see the stats, it's the 82% of course, but you know, uh, it's, I mean, don't freak out. It's the, I mean, the least I can say, yep. um, the second is stop. You know, you should avoid, you know, indulging into reassurance seeking behaviors what that means is like you will you will try to You'll often check your temperature to see if you have fever okay uh, so these things are not helpful it will just again trigger those same you know downward spiral of thoughts where you uh, you know you keep keep get you know you get stuck in that loop where you are you keep thinking the same cycle of thoughts the third is the, it's the most common thing that people are doing that don't google well your symptoms uh, web ende and most right. of these websites you know uh, you know feed feed off of your cognitive uh you know confirmation bias, which means that whatever you think or whatever you know you think you tend to you know uh find find those things out so that right. uh, then be mindful about the news you consume or content you consume in general of course whatsapp rumors are you know it's it's a big thing that we have it's a big challenge that we need to be careful about then there Mm -hmm. is also also on social media in general there is a lot of stuff that is uh, there are a lot of videos like yesterday i saw a video of a saudi doctor coming home and you know he like he started crying in front of his kid so i mean although it's it, it is kind of a downer. so i mean if if you think it is affecting your health I'd recommend you stay away from it at least in the short term because you your mental health should be your you know biggest priority and nothing else should come in between right and along with um, rumors there is a lot of conspiracy theories as well you know as to how the disease started and I mean if you have seen David Icke's you know talk I mean there are a lot of weird things that are that are going to come out and that that will keep coming out so I mean just trust. Uh, the trusted, you know, uh, credible sources such as WHO and you know whatever the government is communicating, and yeah, the last is just thoughts are just thoughts. They are not facts. Okay, I mean it. It what happens when you know mental anxiety kicks in is your belief system kind of changes. Okay, so for example, when I think of if if I think of I am a millionaire, I know for a fact that I'm not a millionaire because my belief system. Uh, is, you know, wild in a such a, such a way that I know that I'm not a millionaire, but when you when like when health anxiety takes over, your belief system changes. So even if you have a minute, you know, thought, which is, which tends to be negative, you will catastrophize it and, you know, imagine the worst. So I definitely, you know, recommend that treat thoughts as just thoughts. They are not facts. Facts are facts and so yeah, I mean, learn to distinguish between those things, right? So if you if you have to remind yourself that even if a negative thought comes, acknowledge that it's it's a neg- it's a thought. If, you know, don't even bother to label it because it will again, you know, uh, it 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 kind kind of starts, you know, puts you into a guilt trap. So I mean, I, I'd recommend to stay away from that as well. Just acknowledge the thought, and I think it will help you in the short run. Uh, so yeah, and since I'm in mean, social distancing, like everyone is, is practicing social distancing, that doesn't mean uh, you have to practice social isolation, right? I mean, you can, you know, call your friends up and. Oh yeah. So yeah, so that's from my side.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is uh, yeah, someone who's gone through something like this uh and uh being super mindful about uh, uh the stuff that uh, he's gone through and sharing it with the world uh is is amazing i mean thanks thanks a lot antejit uh, and cheers, yeah cheers. kudos to you man yeah Thank cheers you. uh yeah uh i i have uh, so we have rohit uh who has been like uh, very vocal about mindset and how mindsets change uh and even in during these periods uh he's been uh, uh, yeah, I mean, constantly producing yeah. content around that. So, uh, Rohit, do you want to yeah kickstart with mindset, uh, maybe related with uh, mindfulness uh, yeah. and uh, even what Indrajeet said?
15: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Pradeek and uh, thank you for sharing that, with Indrajeet And uh, hopefully, everyone is uh, safe and isolated at this time. Uh, so I'll just give you a little background before I start. So I I hope everyone can hear me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have been running a marketing agency for about uh, five years now and uh, quite recently I've also started building into different stuff uh, such as health and wellness, uh, more of personal branding, uh, pop culture and more of into entrepreneurship. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about is mindset and positivity because uh, once I went into that I just went deeper into it. I started understanding it more. I started understanding the importance of building it. I started uh, seeing from both the sides of the plane because from where I was before and after I started understanding the concept of mindset. So uh, I've been listening and taught you start. And uh, one of the things that I want to focus on here is that we have been like, Even on social media, people have been talking a little on a macro basis and I want to go a little micro because I see that people have been stressed, people are are scared for the lives, they don't know what to do, they don't know the future, Uh, they don't know how to go by every day because the country and the cities are in a lockdown. One of the things that I have been promoting on a daily basis is that you have to be positive about it. If you are privileged enough that you are at home, then you have to be positive that we are going to get through this and everything is going to be back to normal again. And uh, another important thing that I have been sharing a lot is so many, like the majority of the people on this planet are day-to-day busy with their work, they don't focus on on themselves, they don't focus on their thoughts, they don't focus on their mind, they don't focus on uh, their hobbies and everything is about work, work, work and work, either your 9 to 5 or post that it's all about work. So something that I've been sharing is if you have been able to stay at home, you have also been given the gift of time because you can use this time efficiently for yourself. Yes, you can be stressed because we all are a little bit, but the other alternative is that you have to be positive because that stress is not going to take you anymore. So now what do you do to keep yourself busy? The only solution is that you keep working on yourself. You keep working on yourself. You can keep working on your hobbies. You can learn a new skill online. Uh, You can start reading books. If you haven't started meditating, that is something that should be done the first Thing today itself, do it to five minutes. Started with five minutes because uh, I won't say that uh, do a one hour meditation session and it will be a successful one because uh, it's a long, long process. Even I haven't reached that level, but you can start with a five minute so meditation process and build it from there. But right be alone with yourself is one of the best things that you can do. WHO has been
13: constantly reminding us of the destruction COVID 19 before
15: the course. Uh, Shubham,
0: is is that okay? Let me mute you. I guess it's you. Your okay? Yeah. Sorry, you right Go ahead. So sorry. Yeah. So sorry.
15: Oh. So, uh, no, no, no worries. Problem.
0: Yeah. No worries. And
15: and one of the biggest biggest things that I say to people uh, is that you need to be grateful. You need. Mm -hmm. To be grateful that you are still alive, you need to be grateful that you are safe, your family is safe, uh, that you are getting food on the table. Uh, Two or three days back, uh, I went through this meditation process and I felt so deeply because I was going to the mind of a doctor, for example, or to the mind of a delivery executive, and I just couldn't fathom the risk they are taking for their lives just to protect others. So when you start getting grateful for these things and you do it on a daily basis to yourself, you you fill yourself with the positivity that I am in such a good place and I am going to be better when it is mm-hmm. and one more thing that I have been noticing on social media and I have been going a lot of Instagram live is that this is the uh, none of us have seen uh, something like this on a global level. I haven't seen theaters, stadiums, everything getting shut down. So, with all of this happening on such a level, there has been some change in people's lives. People life. Everyone had plans, everyone had goals, everyone had their future planned out that this is what I need to do in five years, this is what I need to do in 2020. But life taught everyone a lesson that guess what, you have to live in the moment, you have to do everything today because you don't know about it tomorrow. I mean, doesn't need to be scary. I I take it as a positive thing and I kind of even share it positively. That we are planning for the future but we don't know if there is getting the future or not. So we need to do the planning for today and with that today. A very small example can be that uh, I wanted to go scuba diving, but right now I'm busy with work. So probably I'll be going in uh, February of 2021. But we don't know if that's February 2021 or not. Right. You know, that time, of and complete the bucket list. Start doing the bucket list. But I think it was one of those big examples, but a small example could be reading a book. I wanted to learn a second language. I wanted to learn cooking. I wanted to uh, start doing yoga, for example. These are small, small things which can bring massive changes to people's lives. And yet, a majority of people were postponing them for the future. That Today i get the time to do so. Today i get the time to do so. And it just never happened. And now we have got the time to do so.
0: Yeah, No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, uh, this is uh, great, I mean, so many tips there, uh, from, uh, Rohit's, uh whatever small talk, uh, in terms of like how a uh, little things or little change that we can do can uh, literally change our mindset. I, I, I want to get, uh, maybe like 30 seconds from Jen. Uh, Jen, uh, you recently went uh, on a Vipassana, I uh, uh, tr- uh, mean, this thing, uh, in in uh, Nepal, uh, the mindfulness, uh, uh, this thing, retreat. So do, do you want to talk about that a bit in this, uh, just to add to this uh, point?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm not sure I have all the time in the world to discuss everything that we learned in Vipassana, sure. but... Um, Mm-hmm. Some of the points that were made made me really think about some of the lessons that we learned through the meditation that we were doing. Um, and that being, you know, being able to see the reality of a situation instead of having your own, projecting your own personal reaction to something. So instead of seeing a situation as potentially good or bad, um, by not allowing ourselves to react but to respond without reaction um, can help alleviate those symptoms of anxiety or um, fear and just seeing things exactly as they are for everybody, not just our own perception of that. And that can help bring us out of this uh, this fear that we're in or pain or misery that we're experiencing with certain situations. So I know we... Um, sorry I can't pronounce your name um, we were talking about the fear, uh, fear and yeah, anxiety industry. Yeah, industry. Yeah. yes yes yeah. yes um, he made a lot of good points but you know that was something that we experienced by doing our meditations um, and that was part of that's part of the vipassana technique is by paying attention to your body sensations that you you realize that everything is constantly changing there is no permanence so these feelings that may arise, whether they're good or they're bad, those two will change, and those two will continue to flow. So, if we see them as constantly flowing, constantly changing, and we we are okay with that, we go into it knowing this is maybe we see this as fearful. Okay, that's fearful, or um, this is scary, or this is you know good, and then kind of taking ourselves out of that and just seeing it it will pass too. So, I think that was the biggest thing that correlates to the situation at hand.
0: Mm. Yep. Nice. No, th- thanks. Thanks for sharing that uh, experience, Jen. Uh, yeah. And with all uh, the time in cool. the
1: world that we have now being at home, um, meditating is a great <laughs> practice. So then if any of you wanted yeah. to get into the hobby of meditating, now is a great time to do so.
0: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Uh, No, thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Jen. Uh, So we have uh, one question. Uh, I think uh, Tiffany uh, wants to take that up. Uh, Tiffany, why don't you like review? I mean, just go ahead. Yeah, sorry.
12: So um, the question for everybody is uh, when you have like other problems like diabetes or heart disease or any other um, problems which aren't necessarily COVID-19 related, Um, what technological solutions can be implemented and, or rather, how Mm -hmm. can we, uh, you know, how can we deal with these diseases right now? Because it's like, okay, well, um, I have a pain in my tummy, but I really don't want to go into the hospital because I don't want to get COVID-19 and just make things worse. Like, what do I do? So um, for people, so there there are a couple of concerns right now, and this is to Neha's point earlier, is that policy has been implemented in such a way that we're now in this kind of limbo situation where we're like, Not sure what do we do when sick or when even when we're discharging patients. We're not really sure where to discharge them if they need to go into rehab or to the skilled nursing facilities. Um, So there are a lot of remote patient monitoring tools that we're implementing right now. They're not super subsidized so the hope is that eventually we can, you know, develop these technologies to be affordable, to keep in like rural populations so and we can get it out to them. But we, th- there's this really cool, and you guys may enjoy this. This is really cool subdermal dermal um, kind of diabetes monitor, which you just um, kind of stick on your skin and you can just scan it with your phone and it'll record all your glucose settings. And then um, there are auto- automated insulin pumps. Yeah, it's really cool. And there are automated inf- like insulin pumps that kind of figure out which- Level is and then administer it. What do you do, say, if you're having um, very constricting chest pains and you need to go and you in your and, and, and COVID 19 is happening? Um, irrespective of that situation, my clinical opinion is that go to the hospital because you're your trade off is not better. Um, If you you have something that's as severe as a stroke or an MI, which is a myocardial infarction or a heart attack, you need to get yourself into an ER. The ERs are now equipped to segregate patients. So there are um, as the disease is progressing, the ERs are better equipped to handle these diseases. So if you are feeling really, really sick, and it's not a question of just monitoring yourself. You should go into the ER, and you should be part of the segregated population. I know there is an element of risk taking where that is concerned, but again, it's it's um, to be completely frank and bleak. It's not better to sit at home and you know without any right. at all. So, um, that would be my answer to that. But there are tons of tech solutions for these diseases, even once COVID kind of settles down a little bit, Um, uh, remote patient monitoring is actually a really, really favorite topic of mine, Um, especially subsidizing that technology to reach out to the patients, because remote monitoring someone who who has a yacht and lives in a massive mansion is pointless. Um, We want to monitor the patients who Mm. cannot have access to our care. Um, there are uh, blood pressure monitors. Even our wearable devices now have been, uh, even kid Fitbits, are. They're, they're, they're not cheap enough to get into the rural populations yet, but they're cheap enough that they're now at least hitting lower middle class populations as well. So the hope is that we get better and better at making our technology more accessible. Um, but it's, again, I'm gonna swing back to my statement of we have to start somewhere. We have to, we have to create a tool that works before we can figure out how to make it cheaper.
0: Yep. And, and policy is going to play a very important role in this.
12: Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I'm just definitely going spin, to spin back, which is uh, definitely go sure. to the hospital if you have a family member who's feeling, uh, if you can call, nothing like it, that's where, um, and this is something that. I think I'm not sure if uh, a lot of people are aware of, but in India as well, telehealth systems have been put into place, especially if you live in like a more urban metropolitan area, like in Mumbai or Delhi or Bangalore, um, you have access to telehealth as well. So look it up, find out. Which okay. Doing, yeah, find out which doctors nice. in your area are doing telehealth. I went, um, I, I did my medical school at D.O. in New Bombay my senior physicians who are now practicing, they are doing telehealth appointments. So try to find a doctor who's doing telehealth appointments, get on a call with them and have them triage you as soon as possible. But if it gets really bad, call a paramedic or drive yourself straight into the ER to get yourself checked.
0: Nice, Yeah, that's a good you know, information. Definitely. Yep. Thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Tiffany. Okay, so uh, we've got Soham, Saurabh. Uh, do you want to like uh, have like quick uh, thoughts or maybe do a recap? Yogesh is uh, closing the remarks. So before I go to him, I wanted to have Soham and Sarab talk. Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
9: uh, so uh, I guess we have been discussing a lot about so many things and it is interesting. I just got to uh, read Five Bullet Friday by Tim Ferriss, which just came in. So, Pratik, this might excite you. Uh, there's a nice link which talks about a okay. stoic's key to peace of mind. Seneca on Antidote to Anxiety by Maria Popova, the uh, the, the lady which runs uh, Braid Picker. Her site is amazing. Yep. So, I think that's a good read. So, you may want to put that in the show notes. Uh, And also Airbnb is partnering with hosts to connect with um, 100,000 healthcare workers and first responders with places to stay. So that's a good news uh, that we all can spread and celebrate. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. so this is this is something which I just got in uh, as five bullet Friday. So I thought of sharing that with you. Uh, Also, there's a there's a nice hackathon event which is happening. obviously remote, but it's it's an initiative by MIT. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'll share that link with you as well. So I have registered sure. uh, for that event. You all can probably take a shot at, uh, uh, at that hackathon, which is a good exercise to think about this subject and to know more uh, perspectives on the same, uh, all leading to creating some good solutions and uh i was also wondering with one question which i haven't really found uh the answer to is uh most of the world counters that you see which are showing uh the the active cases they are so i i see there are three countries which are not affected i just wanted to know the name so maybe if you guys
0: uh, can so there's North korea sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know about the other two countries, but yeah. North Korea is definitely on that list. Yeah. No, North
9: Korea could be because they might not be sharing the numbers. So. Yeah,
8: they're just yeah. shooting people. Potentially.
9: Who are people. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just to just to uh, conclude my thing, I'm just sharing a few links to Pratik, and maybe you all can access okay. to. Okay. Uh, uh, yep. The show notes. And also I came across a very nice video uh, which talks about the plague that happened 2,000 years years ago which had similar impact or effect on the community where uh, Marcus Aurelius, the great Stoic, is uh, writing about it. So that's a good video saying that this will happen again and this has happened before. So we all know what to do and how to tackle things. So instead of just panicking, we have to just see what it is and uh, take it head on. So thanks a lot, guys, for uh, for this interest. No,
0: thanks, thanks a lot, awesome. yeah. uh, Great, yeah, this great resources. To to I'll I'll put all those resources there. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, Abhinav. of yes. Go ahead. Sorry.
6: This has happened uh, in the past and definitely, most certainly, will happen in the future. All we can do is like. Do or leverage our existing technologies to kind of identify it faster and curb it, uh, but that's only for events that we know. This was clearly a black swan, uh, black swan event, if I may. Uh, this another black swan event that is uh, also just as likely to happen. Uh, it is in conjunction to climate change and uh, viruses in general. Uh, so. Uh, one of the largest glacier in, in, in the world is uh, Tibetan glacier and it's melting away. What most people don't know about it is uh, there are a lot of ancient viruses which are still uh, you know, frozen there and uh, essentially in 1990s we dug up a lot of those ice samples and we took them out. We figured out there are still a lot of those rocks so we essentially f- figured out that 28 new species of virus in that ice. Uh, that we were uh, unaware about entirely. Uh, out of which, some of these might not affect us, but there is a high chance that there is a superbug within it, uh, and kind of affects everything. So one of the viruses uh, also affected amoeba, and it essentially killed an amoeba cell entirely, and it was, uh, you know, replicating itself at an unprecedented rate in terms of virus. So uh, just a point of caution, like. I, I know we have AI and stuff there, but uh, we, we technically wouldn't ever be able to train an AI in something that it doesn't know that it has to tackle. So I don't know where that leads us, uh, but this is something that, you know, can happen in the near future, like within the same decade itself. So we, we essentially don't know where we are, or maybe within the century again. And I hope we are prepared for it the next time at least, uh, better prepared rather. Yeah,
0: Great. Think? yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I got disconnected guys. Uh, so yeah, Abhinah was talking about the Black Swan event, right? Uh, and I'm uh, Nasim Taleb, uh, like religiously. Uh, he's the writer of the book, uh, The Black Swan. And he recently wrote an article uh and i i'll share that in the show notes as well uh which uh, he i mean he's obviously talked about a lot of uh, a lot of other things from economics to business implications and uh, all, all that but he uh points out uh, that uh, this is not a black swan event uh so uh, okay let me give you a little background we lost
6: tripati i think
11: he's going to get the background <clears throat> I
4: think
13: it's
0: up. Yeah. Okay, I'm back again.
13: Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me, guys? Yes.
0: Okay. Okay, I- I'm sorry. So, yeah, I was talk- talking about the Black Swan event, and uh, Naseem actually says uh, that this is not a Black Swan event. Uh, Black Swan event is essentially a, a, a pr- I mean non-predictive, uh, like, predictive uh, event uh, that happens like from out of nowhere. So something like uh, the 2008 depression, uh, I mean the downturn, uh, 1929 depression, uh, or like 9-11, all those are black swan events basically. And uh, what we are, we are experiencing right now is, I mean, is, uh, he mentions that this is a white swan event, which is basically a pandemic which is uh, predicted uh, so it's a predicted pandemic, essentially. So uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, just wanted to bring that point up. Uh, yeah, like, uh, and, and I'll, I'll put that link uh, to the blog post uh, as well as yeah. his books. Uh, he's he's an amazing guy. So yeah, sorry. So think, would you consider
6: as a future pandemic a black swan event? Like example? About
0: no, so it, these like are. Out of so ice. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay maybe bioterrorism bi- or something like uh, uh, yeah that that can be uh, a black swan event so something that is not predicted essentially is a black swan event so that's uh, that what that's what it comes down to okay guys uh, so we are like way off uh, from our uh, original uh, time uh so so I, I just wanted to kind of uh, thank everyone uh, yogesh can you quickly do uh, the closing remarks so well,
11: yeah i think uh, first and foremost i'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who's here today and kind of you know sharing your ideas thoughts it all means that you know um we we all are worried but we are beyond being worried i think you know we've all got hope in our hearts and that hope is what we want to share with the world at this point because you know um while you know there's there are a lot of these social media posts and the whatsapp and everything's kind of you know working to increase the anxiety we've all got to come together in our own little way to kind of give people the hope that you know world has seen something like this in the past and we will always see the future uh, we've just got to remain uh, remain calm uh, composed and sort of you know focus on the issue at hand and work as one global family together to solve this this also means that you know while we try to flatten the curve by being isolated at the moment the East will have to share its lessons from what it has learned from the crisis, the early stages of the crisis with the West. And the West will have to do well to actually you know, open its mind and say, okay, fine, you guys have been in there, you guys have seen what has happened and you want to take those learnings in. And I feel, you know, with this crisis and with some of these things happening more often, uh, the world will just become more and more flatter because we we'll all have to now work towards uh, getting, getting rid of some of these things or dealing with them effectively as one family. Uh, so, you know, if, they, if there, were, there ever was a hope in despair, maybe it is this that finally the world will unite, will understand that, you know, we're probably tipping the climate balance. So, we've all got to work together, mm-hmm. we've got to find uh, technology and the innovations that will effectively deal with situations like these. Um, and if we can continue to do that, I think, you know, we'd obviously come out of this, but we'll also be able to, you know, effectively deal with everything that. Um, a future might throw back at us because humans have survived and humans will survive. So I think just on that note, I also want to kind of, you know, take an opportunity to say, uh, I, I know Tiffany is just uh, dropped off of the call, but everybody who kind of, you know, gets up in the morning and works all through the night to help people who are getting to hospitals and people who man the roads and the police, everybody who's on the front line actually managing this for us so that we can have this lockdown conversation. I just want you all to unite in actually giving them a big round of applause, if you can with me, because you know, without them, something like this, just to to um, and and with gratitude, as uh, I think, you know, Rohit had said earlier, um, we just, we just want to say thank you for everything they're doing so that, you know, we can continue these conversations in the future. I'll hand that back to you, um, uh, Pateek, to take it from here. <laughs> Mm
0: -hmm. No, thanks a lot. Uh, Yeah, those are, yeah, those are great words uh, that you used. And and, yeah, uh, we need to be thankful uh, to everyone who's uh, on the front line right now uh, and who's helping. uh, Yeah, I mean, they're they're just essentially making our lives better. Uh, So that's that's how I want to, yeah, put this. Thanks, uh, guys. Uh, We couldn't cover all the topics. Uh, uh, I mean, this is just part one. Maybe I'll do more of this uh maybe we can have better uh coordination time management and uh the internet obviously <laughs> uh that's uh, that's like the main requisite uh prerequisite for uh doing such uh, whatever live streams so uh thanks again for joining in and uh yeah i mean i'll be putting all the show notes and information in a blog post uh the video will also go up on youtube uh so yeah thanks thanks guys